0: It's Cody and gold minor coming up in the noon hour today. Daniel Lynch out in spring training. He's actually going to make the first spring training start. Rose announced that today. Daniel Lynch going to start the Cactus League opener against the Rangers on Friday right here on 610 Sports Baseball's back. Baseball is back. Our stream is back as well. You can watch us on Twitch, Facebook, YouTube uh, and Twitter. Someone earlier had mentioned on the text line. They said, where is Nick? And then they said, there's little Nicky. They wanted little Nikki on the on the video stream
1: as well. That's fanboy to you. Get it right. That's fanboy Nicky. Fanboy Nicky. He, he must hate being, Nobody likes little having... Little Nicky. The why, nobody likes it after a certain age. I told you, man, like, I ran into a kid that, like, we grew up with, and he was Mikey. He was Mikey my yeah. whole life, and I ran into him, like, 10 years <laughs> after we were adults, long since I saw him, and he was like, hey, could, I'm like, oh, Mikey. He's like, I don't really go by Mikey anymore. I was like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. You are an adult person, so... That's like it almost feels insulting. Like when you call him Nikki, it definitely... but it's weird because like Nikki Lopez goes by fine. It seems like it fits. I feel like you have to embrace it. If You don't embrace it, then it I, definitely I feels care. insulting. I
2: don't. It doesn't bother me when people call me Nick. Like my niece and nephew call me Nikki all the time.
1: You not bothered by it? No. Okay. Well then, fine. I guess we'll call you Nikki. But we are up on the
0: stream. We we hadn't had that in a little while, but we are we are back in studio and the stream is back for those of you that have been asking about that. It is good to go again. If you want to consume the show in that manner, we'll talk some Royals baseball coming up in about six or seven minutes. Uh, but A.J. Brown, of course, very talented wide receiver with Philadelphia. He was on a podcast here very recently talking about uh, the Philadelphia Eagles season. But also there was one point he mentioned his offseason. We know he got traded on draft day from the Tennessee Titans to the Philadelphia Eagles. And, and he mentioned about how close maybe the Chiefs were or were the Chiefs interested in his services?
3: Probably like an hour later, uh, my agent called me. He was like, hey. Like Philly, Philly finna try to like really push for you. Mm. They're trying to push for you, whatever. I I began a couple of teams. Like the Chiefs tried to get me mm. a couple couple other teams, like Jets and all those stuff. But uh, but uh, Philly Philly making a strong push.
0: So he goes to Philly, but he says the Kansas City, along with the Jets, were one of the teams that were, were at least inquiring and maybe making a little bit of a push uh, to get his services. Now you know if you go back and look at uh, the compensation in the AJ Brown trade with Philly for Philly, it paid off in a huge, huge way. But I thought that was interesting. That the exact compensation was the Eagles' number eighteen pick and the hundred and first pick in the draft. That's what they gave up, and they had to give AJ Brown a, a four year, year yeah. hundred million dollar extension to get it done. So I don't know how close it was, but it tells us that you know for the right the right price, like anything else, the Chiefs are, are willing to go out still and look for that number one stud wide receiver. Just they just weren't willing to pay Tyreek thirty million. It doesn't mean that they w- aren't willing to pay a wide receiver twenty four or twenty
1: five million. That to, to me, there's like a couple of big takeaways from this. One, it, it reinforces the thing we were talking about with Tyreek. Their whole plan last offseason was, let's find out how Patrick Mahomes would do without an elite-level wide receiver. That was not their plan. That was not their preferred plan. They would have been happy to keep Tyreek Hill around and keep going about business this way. But the fact that they did that, they also tried to trade for A.J. Brown. There were talks about them moving up in the draft for some of the elite-level wide receiver talent. Tells us everything you need to know about whether or not Having one successful season with a bunch of average wide receivers is their plan going forward. And your plans can change. You can see that one way can work and decide on a different future goal. But I think it seems fairly obvious that the Chiefs' pursuit of a number one wide receiver is going to remain pretty damn strong. The difference here is that A.J. Brown's, what, a year or two younger than Tyreek Hill? So it's like if you give him that four-year, $100 million Uh, deal?
2: Three, four years younger, right? Is it, God,
1: is it that so much? A.J. Brown is 25. And Tyreek is 28? 29. 29. Okay, so four years. I mean, that's the entire life of the contract. It's a lot easier to pay. Like, if you're going to say, hey, it's four for 30 for Tyreek, and that's not the exact Turns
2: but, 29 in a week. Like, A.J. Brown, or Tyreek
1: does, yeah. Even if they're the same amount of money, don't you feel like there's a justification to be like, well, I'm giving someone four years. It'd be the guy before he turns 30. Like, there is logic in it. The difference is, is that they have to, the draft pick compensation changes in Well, a think
2: bit. about the think about the the timeline of uh, the contract, right? If you're signing a guy to basically what would be a three-year deal, if I'm getting you from ages 25 to 27, I have a little bit more security that you're Hell. going to be healthy, available, and elite than I do if I'm paying you ages 28 to 32.
1: No, there's there's almost no question about it. And it's just like, and if you think about, like, if you trade Tyreek Hill, then get the draft pick compensation back, you're likely to not have to, you're not going to give up more Trading for AJ Brown with those exact same picks. So you're not going to give up more than you would have in getting that. And you can pay a younger wide receiver less money. Like it's just, it just makes sense that they would have targeted that. And AJ Brown for a, you know, I think, I think the way uh, Spot Track calls it is like practical guarantee, as in this money is pretty much guaranteed. It was like $16, $17 million less. Gar- total guaranteed at signing, it was like, $15, 20000000 million less. I mean, so it was... There yeah. is a significant difference between that. And look, maybe Tyree Kill is a better wide receiver than A.J. Brown. I think you can certainly make that argument. Um, I think he is, yeah. But, you know... You know what is the difference? Like Tyree kills the fourth best wide receiver, and AJ Brown's like the eleventh. Yeah, but th- to me, what I thought of when I heard AJ
0: Brown mention that last offseason, he knows the Chiefs were one of the teams inquiring. Is okay. So then, who's who's one of those candidates this year? And the natural name that comes up a lot is DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins yeah, um, I've, I've told you, and I still feel this way. I, I'm really not interested if he's going to require a new contract. And the reports had been that that is something that. Was going to be required. Now he he doesn't have a no trade clause anymore because he got popped for PED. So that's off the table. If the 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 Cardinals can trade him wherever the heck they want, wherever is the best draft capital. He turns 31 though in June, guys. So I'm not interested in giving him a new year, a new new couple year deal. If he wants to play out the final year, then then okay. But you you going to trade for them and and pay him 27 million dollars a year for a guy that got popped for PEDs this past season and is going to be 31? I'm really that doesn't seem like them. That seems not question. Well,
2: is is. Do you think there's somebody who's really going to pay him that? Like somebody's going to somebody get him will. that kind of contract somebody extension?
0: I, I thought two years ago he was still a top 10 wide receiver in football, if not a top five. But you know you have the PDs, um, but not
2: exactly. you have the injuries, the age, like that's just a lot to invest in a guy who's on the wrong side of 30. This is to me why if you're the Chiefs, the
1: move instead should just very simply be take those same picks you would trade for A.J. Brown and get up into the top 15 for wide receiver.
2: But the I, problem is, there's not. There's I not know a Drake, guarantee. there's no guarantees. But no, it's not that. It's there is no Garrett Wilson. There is no Drake yeah. London. There is no Chris Alave in this draft. Like, there's not going to be a wide receiver that goes in the top 10. So, if you want to bank on Jackson Smith and Jigba, who was injured last year, that's a risky proposition. Jordan Addison, who might be like more of like a slot. Like, there's no legit number one. It's a weird, weird offseason. I, I wonder this, though, guys. Last year, we didn't know at this time that Tyreek Hill was going to get dealt. Yeah. We didn't know that A.J. Brown was going to get dealt. Is there a surprise candidate that we're not currently looking at that could all of a sudden become available? Well,
0: I don't know if it'll be a surprise, but the name to watch on the trade to me is T. Higgins uh, because the Cincinnati yeah. may not be willing to go ahead and pay him knowing they're going to have to pay him. He's not pay. coming
1: here, though. <laughs> he, 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 could you imagine I, I, if you're I, I Cincinnati? So we, yeah, we talked he, about he's him not yesterday. asking
2: about to be traded here. He's just saying in, in general. We, so well, we talked about him yesterday, I think we had a. it was just kind of a I don't think it's realistic, but we were just doing a hypothetical. I think last year Carrington did this with Creed Humphrey. Yeah, yeah. If the if the Bengals called and offered T Higgins for Orlando Brown Jr., you do it. You do it if you're the I mean, Chiefs. Chiefs Fans would say yes immediately. I know what the Chiefs the fans are. You're greener. a Chiefs uh, fan,
0: though.
1: What would you y- say? Y- no. No. I think wide receiver is more valuable than offensive tackle, and I think the league has made. They also believe that it's my my biggest thing still
0: whenever we talk about Orlando Brown Jr. um, And and we're all in agreement that he's going to get tagged and that gives him some time to figure out their options. You got to have another planet left tackle. It is not just a one way conversation of like, yeah, I don't want to pay him. I'm not telling you he should get paid as the top left tackle either. I'm not not advocating for that. He's not the best left tackle in football. And I, I think it'd be a mistake to pay him top left tackle money. I really do, and he played great in the Super Bowl, and he deserves to to be talking all he wants, and and he, someone will pay him that if they want to move on from him. But you have to also consider the other side of it, which is, okay, you may not think he's that. You may be willing to trade him. Who? Tell me who is playing left tackle for this football team next year. I and feel like tell, we were having then, that conversation, and then, me, and then all of a sudden and, it
1: was Orlando Brown Jr.
0: So. And, and then tell me – Pretty open. And, and then tell – yeah, again, this like this is the whole Ned Yost thing. Like, uh, left tackles don't grow on trees kind of thing, right?
1: I, I mean, mean, managed to find one. I mean, you know, the last time we had this conversation, they didn't manage to find a left tackle when we were talking a about or not
0: to. A disgruntled Baltimore <laughs> Raven who wanted to play, who was a right tackle who wanted to be a left tackle. Find me that guy right now, if you would. We already knew Orlando
2: Brown Jr.'s name by this point in time. I think the only answer to that potential question of having to move on from Orlando Brown Jr. would be. Having to trade up in the draft to get one of the elite left tackle prospects. Right. I'm just saying because you have to understand what you're doing at right tackle too. The Chiefs cannot have a brand new left tackle and a brand new right tackle. I think season. I would there's, rather there's pay. No I would rather pay Andrew Wiley eight million dollars a year than pay Orlando Brown Jr. twenty four million dollars a year.
1: By the way, another surprise wide receiver. What about Cooper Cup? What he's making like what he's just kind of contract
2: extension. Do you, last you don't year think that they would mean? trade him? They well, would their
1: trade him. Team? Their team's lost. They, they got no got hope. A, he's got Sean, a massive extension. Sean
0: McVay coming back tells me he thinks oh, that they can actually yeah. be competitive. If they, if they, if they had a new, if they had a new, cor- a new coach and they were really resetting it, I'm with you. But I don't think Sean McVay comes back and coaches if he's thinking they're blowing the whole thing I, up.
2: I've got one. I've got one for you guys. Okay, Mike Evans. Oh well, yeah. I would that. think everybody Godwin making, too. I would think everybody'd like, want to well, get out of there.
0: Godwin's the more realistic.
2: one Well, he to me. Mike Evans is set to make twenty four million dollars. Or Devontae Adams again. Okay, well, this this is a guy who has been rumored to be traded. Like yeah. this, Mike yeah. Evans is yeah. the one so is, is the Godwin. guy. So is Godwin. though. But Godwin would have to be tagged first, correct? Uh, I think so. But that's yeah. I mean that's yeah. That's no, a, yeah. I mean we're talking about it with Orlando Brown Jr. as well. Mike Evans is basically DeAndre Hopkins, except not injured and is still putting up 1,000-yard seasons every single year. I mean, it's possible,
1: but all these guys fail one big Chiefs test. They're old. They're all old. That's like the biggest of like, I don't know if the Chiefs are going to do that. Like age. It's like the biggest hang-up because I've yet... And again, there was a while when I said, but he's, but Brett he, Veach has never spent a single valuable asset at corner, and then he spent a first-round pick that he traded up for. So I'm not saying you can't change your stripes or alter your... But to this point, the Chiefs essentially have no interest in any person over the age of 30. I
0: don't know about you guys. Just go ahead and trade for Justin Jefferson and be done with it. You know, just get Justin Jefferson. Amen. We just did it. Oh, we, we my just, God. Just go Could get Justin matter? Jefferson and Whatever say it takes. It. You it. Know, exactly. Whatever it takes. Yeah, it, absolutely. Would
1: you give up <laughs> the next five first-round picks for Justin no, Jefferson right now? No. No. Come on, who not, cares? I would not. Who cares? Yeah, gold. Um, who cares? Answer the question. Who
0: cares? No, I didn't know. The answer is no. No,
2: but who cares, though?
0: I do. <laughs> I, <Who> do. <laughs> I do.
2: I do. The Patrick Mahomes and Justin Jefferson for the next five years? <laughs> Stop. <Stoppable. laughs> okay, wait, wait. now I'm back on board. Now, <laughs> that you, now that you said Patrick Mahomes and Justin Jefferson's names <laughs> together, you I'm back.
1: Like, Ooh, sounds kind of nice. Goodness. Oh, man. <laughs> that one's the most unrealistic of all of them.
0: Just go ahead and just get, get any of the top young wide receivers
2: you want. I think you might have to trade like. Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid, Brett Veach, and I don't, I don't know. Yeah, they have to give up Brett Veach. You have to give up, give Ar- up your you general to- manager. And Arrowhead. You'd have to ha- give them Arrowhead. Justin Jefferson. It's called Minnesota Hotties. Vikings and
1: Arrowhead. <laughs> <laughs> Minnesota Vikings <laughs> Stadium and Arrowhead.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: you know what, though? Those few years would be fun.
2: But I do think in general, like not not knowing exactly who it is, we seem to be in this era of the NFL where there's going to be a surprise guy who hits the market that we're not thinking of. Because Last they year was three. Because they haven't voiced their opinion that yeah. they want to go somewhere else. If the, if the second that Mike Evans, and I'm not saying the Chiefs would be in on him, but the second yeah. that Mike Evans says, I want a new deal, and the Bucks say, uh, we don't have Tom Brady anymore, we're going to hit in the reset, we're not giving you a massive contract extension, boom, he becomes on the trade market and he could get dealt before we even know that he's on the market. Last year, what was it, an hour and a half be- between when we found out yeah, Tyreek Hill happened. was going to get traded and, and t- he actually did get traded? It happened. There, and even though we
0: found out it really was coming together over the weekend once Devontae Adams got his deal with the Raiders. But, yeah, it was around 10 o'clock hour of our show. All of a sudden there was a report that the Chiefs have granted Tyreek Hill's agent permission, right? And then yeah. by 11.15, there was some Jets rumors out there, and the next thing you know, it was Miami. And we're like, what? What the hell just happened? And then we fast forward, and we can really laugh about it because they won a Super Bowl in the year following it, and they're much better positioned as an organization. And yet, Tyreek Hill had a great year for Miami. It's just he's, you know, this is why uh, we'll talk about this a little bit later in the Chiefs Red F Hour about the opening night stuff. It would be pretty funny if Tyreek Hill has to play the Chiefs on opening night at Arrowhead while they're getting their rings. Ooh. It would be pretty incredible. So...
2: Yeah. That's next year the next year's the deal that or the year that that big old cap hit kicks in for Tyreek. I think he made six million dollars last year. <laughs> that was sure fun when Tyreek was making six million dollars. How's it going to be yeah. when he's making thirty one?
0: Yeah. We'll talk more. Uh, well, actually, we'll talk about Royals baseball. I mentioned Drew Waters. I want to talk about his injury. Unfortunately, he's going to miss six weeks with an oblique injury. We'll get to that a little bit later on the show. Also in the noon hour today, Daniel Jones, Royals pitcher. Um, expected Daniel Lynch. I say Daniel Jones. We're talking football. Daniel Lynch expected (laughs) to join us. Daniel Lynch uh, would love to get the kind of money that Daniel Jones is asking for. My goodness, that stuff. Daniel Jones. 200
1: million. Is that what I saw? Daniel Jones
0: wants the quarterback for the Giants. Uh, He wants $45 million a year. (laughs) Don't we all? Don't we all, Daniel Jones? Good luck with that. Good luck with that. But Daniel Lynch, the Royals pitcher, will join us coming up in the noon hour today. Let's get to the trash of the day. Trash of the day. All right, boys. This one takes us to the United Kingdom. Um, Great Britain. Yes, yes, yes. I'll just read you the headline. How about that? Okay. Brazilian woman laced vagina with poison to kill husband. Well, I mean, who amongst us? (laughs) It's a real story. This is not an Onion article. Is Uh, that not risky
1: to your own, to yourself?
0: Well, it says a Brazilian woman has confessed to trying to kill her husband by putting poison in her vagina and urging him to have oral sex
2: with her. Hmm. Hmm. It's, well, you know, there's always risk involved. Hmm. I won't get into all the details, but I won't get into With all the what? details. But uh,
0: it says his suspicions were aroused when he noticed something was a little bit different, and uh, there was an odor. There was an odor, and uh, then what she, kind of
1: poison did she?
0: And, uh, she started to feel unwell. She on an poison. odorless she, poison. She started to feel unwell. He took her to the hospital. They did some medical tests, and they revealed she had doused. Her private parts with enough of the unspecified toxin to kill both her husband and herself. Uh, the woman reportedly confessed to her crime. She hatched the bizarre plot after asking her husband for a divorce. Um, and the woman has since received medical so, treatment. Excuse sources me. Sources claim
2: her husband plans to sue her for attempted so, murder. So, excuse me. She, uh, she started with divorce. That didn't go her well and uh-huh. said, well, I guess I'll just kill him by putting poison <laughs> in my vagina. There's uh, so many that's what other methods. <laughs>
1: How do you even jump to that first, by the way? Are you hoping to get away
2: with it? Like you're going to go to the doctor and be like, I don't know how my vagina got poisoned? (laughs) What's the the out here? Yeah. Nothing in that one through. You know what, Cody? Don't lecture me on women's reproductive organs, okay? Okay? You're mansplaining. You're mansplaining right now, and I don't like it. I don't think that's what happened at all.
0: My favorite quote from the entire article from a doctor, it says, (laughs) quote, poisoning someone through your vagina is not that good of an idea. I don't think you needed not a doctor to good. tell you that.
2: Not that good. He doesn't say outright, Bad. don't ever do it. It says it uh, probably would ab- absorb
0: the poison. It will hurt you as much as it hurts the person you're trying to kill. Hmm. It says uh, the fact that the man rushed his wife to the hospital despite her death <laughs> uh Husband strategy. of the year. Chivalry is not <laughs> dead. Yeah.
1: He was really, you know, he was really trying to... He was worried about her. I mean... Weird odor. She wasn't acting right. Didn't seem like she was feeling well. hmm Feels like you maybe should have just pushed harder for that divorce at the beginning rather than take this extreme
2: measure. Like moved yeah. in with a friend or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that she is, really uh, did take a pretty big leap there.
1: Yeah, it was like from, <laughs>
2: well, I, well, want I want a divorce. I want a divorce, but if he doesn't, then I'll have to take more drastic measures.
1: <laughs> like, was there not an in-between step? Did it progress to this point, or was that just like, like option okay, two? I'm
2: not, I'm not here to really like talk about the best ways to murder someone. But wouldn't it have been easier to just like I don't know poison his dinner? <laughs> yeah, but well, no, I'm not gonna make the cut. I'm just saying, right? Like, yeah. Instead of being like, ooh, I'm gonna make him perform fellatio on me after I put. She probably figured that was a little bit easier to get him to do than maybe eat the but dinner. Eat I don't know, Nick. Dinner? Maybe she's a bad cook. Maybe the food sucks. Maybe the food isn't any good, Nick. Well, I can tell you what. I don't think he'll be going down on her anytime no. soon. <laughs> she might be in prison, Nick.
1: He's going to be worried about that for the rest of his future relationships. Yeah, he's going to be, be scarred for life.
2: Don't you think that would scar you? like you're kind of... He gets what in a new think... relationship, and she's like, why won't you ever, you know, do that thing? And he's like, look, uh, look let me at tell at you one point, a story. One time I did that, and I almost died. I'd be like, oh, it's not that
0: scary. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, you don't understand. You I was don't like, understand. I was having <laughs> yeah. Oh,
1: God, I uh, God, what date number do you bring that up on? 10, what do you got I don't poison? know. What
2: date number do you normally <laughs> engage in those activities? <laughs> <laughs> what date number do you bring this conversation up? All right, so Ugh. yeah, I'm a little scarred from my past. I had an ex-wife, and things weren't going well. <laughs> so she sort of, kind of put poison in her vagina.
1: <laughs> That's the trash so of the we day. Just keep the hand stuff. It'd be great. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh my goodness! <laughs> People want Cody's sound bite isolated of of Cody. Which saying, one? Uh,
1: Which one in this whole
2: conversation? The one that
0: you said I'll just poison my vagina. <laughs>
1: That's
2: the one they want right. a soundbite. I'm gonna here. send all these uh, new liners. Send them over to Spec right away. Yeah, get a like promo made. Get a promo
0: made. There you go. That's the trash of the day. Up next, it is the Chiefs. Red half hour. There were some predictions that were laid out by one national publication. One actually could impact KC. We'll tell you what it is next.
3: Chiefs Kingdom. This is Mitch Holtus, and welcome in to the Chiefs Red Half Hour on Cody and Gold. Every day at 1130 on your official broadcast partner, the Chiefs. 610 Sports Radio. All right. Yes, it
1: is. The Chiefs Red Half Hour. I found a left tackle, by the way. You said they don't grow on
3: okay. trees.
0: Problem
1: solved. Okay. Who
2: is Taylor it? Taylor one. He's been released by the Tennessee Titans. No. Problem solved, everybody. No, you, you said you, find no. a left tackle. That's all one. you said. That's all you said, Gold. You didn't say it had to be the right left tackle. You said you have to have a plan. Cody has a plan now. Taylor Lewan. That's So my trade plan. Orlando Brown Jr. S- get T Higgins, sign him to a massive contract <laughs> extension, <laughs> sign Taylor Lewan, back to back Super Bowls.
0: Yeah, I don't even have to look up his Pro Football Reference page to tell you that you better have a second one right away because the poor guy cannot stay healthy. So.
2: Yeah, so well, you're just going to shut down every idea we come I up. with. I told you
0: the only the left tack. I mean, if you you want to know like the grand trade scenario that would be perfect is you trade for Tunzel. Laramie Tunzel with the Texans, and then you then you trade away Orlando Brown Jr. Uh, but could you okay? What me, about the first, round, first I know got, round pick are Orlando serious or about, I know you're not serious about Taylor Juan, but just for the sake of the conversation, I will say, uh, two games last year, 13 the year before, five games the year before that. Okay, uh, so he's seems, got a little ACL
1: problem. Interesting a two, place you stopped. How many times? How many games did he play in before that? Cody, like all of them? he's
2: 32 years old. Thank you. No, he actually had a season-ending he's ACL 32. surgery he's in 30. 2020 he's as well. 30. He's 32. He's 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 washed up, unfortunately. Whoa! Okay, we don't need to go Taylor there. Taylor Wan
0: is. He's, I know everybody loves his podcast. His podcast is phenomenal. Bustle with the boys is great, Never but uh, he has one year remaining on his contract. He was going to make fourteen point eight million, and they said, "Yeah, we're we're good, we're good." Tennessee's like, "I'm all right. I'm all right."
2: You asked for uh, one man's trash is another man's treasure, mm-hmm. and maybe it's just some bad injury luck. Yep, he's, so he's got a little ACL problem. Big deal. I bet it'll be fine.
1: Those very rarely lingle.
2: Linger, yeah, right? <laughs> very rare. Yeah, he just kind of took <laughs> took a couple bad hits, a couple cheap shots. If you wanted to know the truth, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't need to go there. Okay, first round pick, mm-hmm. or plus Orlando Brown Jr. Does that get you Laramie Tunsil?
0: No, I think it takes more than that.
2: Come on, how much do you want? There'll
0: be some pick swaps in, in, involved there as, as well.
2: But it's not going to cost you way more. That's the good news. Okay, here's the boat I'm on. Here's the boat I'm on. Just don't. <laughs> Sign Orlando Brown Jr. That's it. <laughs> well, there's a good chance that that's not going to happen. There's a good chance he gets tagged and he plays I feel on a like it's tag. very split. Do you really believe? you don't, So you think it's more likely than not that he doesn't get a long-term deal from the Chiefs yeah. this offseason? Yeah. Yeah. That's because interesting. Until, until,
0: the play, until the playoffs, uh, he, he, all of a sudden, why would the Chiefs have changed their position? And if you're him, the problem is now, Nick, that because he had a good postseason, he probably still thinks he's worth the exact same dollar amount than what he was asking for a year ago. So that's the See, tricky that spot seems that they
2: That seems to be maybe the dichotomy between how the Chiefs are probably looking at it versus how fans are. Because when you win the Super Bowl, it's like good vibes. It's like, hey, bring everybody back. Look, it resulted in a Super Bowl, but I think you're probably right. And that Brett Veach is saying, well, that doesn't mean we're not going to pay him $25 million a year and give him $80 million guaranteed just because we won the Super Bowl.
1: He hasn't done enough different to be like, oh, you know what? Now, now we'll give you everything you asked for. There's just no justification in it, but either way, I found one, so problem solved. Don't worry about it, Taylor. <laughs>
0: Perfect. <laughs> tweet it out. Can you send out, can you send out the? T- can you send out a tweet at Cody B Tap on Twitter? Can you mm-hmm. can you send out a tweet saying that the Chiefs should sign him, please? Can you send that tweet out? Yeah, sure. Please, sure. Do.
1: I'll Thank add him and everything. Do it, yeah. And Orlando Brown Jr. So he knows that I want him replaced. Perfect. Even better,
0: man. There are some crazy offseason predictions that are out there. None of them include the one that you just had. Uh, But CBS Sports went through what they call the 10 crazy NFL offseason predictions. There's a couple that could impact the Chiefs in a direct way. I'll just mention some fun ones in general. It mentions like Garoppolo signing with the Bucs. That's what they're predicting actually happens. So Garoppolo would follow in the footsteps of Tom Brady a little bit and go right to Tampa. Uh, Derek Carr signed with the Jets. I don't think that's that crazy, by the way. That No, that, that they just seems... told him they
1: thought he'd be a Hall of Famer if he came to New York and <laughs> won a title. So That is, uh,
0: <laughs> maybe so. Uh, it also mentions Beckham signing back with the Giants. It goes through and says, hey, Lamar demands a trade. I don't think either of those are that crazy, by the way. Rodgers returns to the Packers. But then if you go further down, uh, it says, number two, the NFL makes roughing the passer even worse. <laughs> that, uh,
1: well, that is a horror
0: show. That, by the way, doesn't that seem realistic? that the NFL is going to almost overreact to the mess of roughing the passer to where it's consistently reviewable. Because that the NFL is very likely to make the penalty reviewable, which sounds, in theory, like a good thing. I think it might be terrible for all of us watching.
1: It's You know why this is coming up, right? This is the same thing that we had to talk about after the AFC title game or after the AFC divisional round. Because a bunch of losers in their basement screenshot... Individual plays where a person's hand is near a quarterback's face. And we're like, well, look what we have here. Meanwhile, in that exact same game, you can find several other times where a defender's hand is also in the face of Patrick Mahomes, and I don't want them reviewable. To me, every time a penalty by the rule is committed is not a great time to call said penalty and putting it even more on quarterbacks, you know how easy it's going to be to have roughing the passer called? Everything is roughing the passer. If you so much as graze them with a single finger across the face mask, it's worth throwing the flag because it is technically roughing the passer. The only difference is here is refs probably won't admit that it is. So as much as they think it's going to make it worse, it's just going to slow the game down. Right, I don't know that more are going to be called because they never called any of the pass interference ones that were so obvious.
0: And 2019, when they, they made pass interference reviewable, they, they of course rushed to reaction after what happened in the in the NFC championship game uh, back in 2019. And only 13 of the 81 pass interference challenges were actually successful. So it went back to the unwillingness for the review booth, right? Those in the booth to actually overturn a call on the field to make the officials on the field uh, look bad. So that was one they put out. Their number one, though, Cody, offseason, crazy offseason prediction is Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow to reset the quarterback market. We know both these guys are going to get paid this off offseason. track has Herbert's projected annual at 42.4. That seems low. Burrow's projected annual salary at $44 million. Those wouldn't break in the top five of the highest those seem low yeah it's like that seems a little bit low if they actually do reset the market it makes me wonder about Mahomes's contract we know the way it was structured 10-year deal basically guarantees the next year a year in advance these rolling guarantee mechanisms or whatever that they came up with and it's been a genius way to structure the contract but at some point in time if Mahomes is sitting there Cody and is the 7th or 8th highest paid quarterback if I'm his agent got to rework the deal that doesn't mean they can't structure it in a similar fashion doesn't mean that he has to to, to immediately be the highest paid quarterback but can you extend out like we're, we're already what are we now four years are we three or four years into this 10-year contract yeah now?
1: well I remember it was 12 total
0: yeah like he's already had the two years in front yeah yes. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah. so I mean it was so, actually to me can you just keep extending that out because this gives the chief so much flexibility like I think he understandably so his agent uh, Lee Steinberg, like they should want to continue to be making sure their quarterback, because he's the best one in the league, is paid like one of the best, if not the best, quarterback in the league. But but you, you don't bring it up stru- first, you can know. You keep structure? Who doesn't bring it up first?
1: If I'm Brett Veach, I don't bring it up first. Well, oh, you bring
0: of up? course not. You
1: wait yeah, for yeah, them yeah. to broach the subject. Well, be like, hey, well, so we've seen the numbers have gotten a little. Well, well, yeah. Why well, would I would never bring that up? They're until- like
0: he's under contract. If you're the organization, you don't have you don't approach him at all.
1: No, and I I think that look I understand your thought that at some point it's going to come up but I also think that he didn't structure his deal that way. If he wasn't willing to make less than the top end guys anyway, like at some point gold, you're right that there's a percentage difference between him and the guys who are in the top five going forward. you are like, all right, too much. Got to tighten that number up a little bit and rework this contract again. But I I still think we're a few years away because right now he is still one of the top five paid quarterbacks in the NFL, right? Like unless on average annual basis, he's still right near near the top. Like how far out of the top five does he have to fall before you think that they're like Mahomes' agent, you know, Lee Steinberg's calling and saying, we'd like a little more money, please. Also, there is no way that Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow are going to take contracts for less than top five money right now. Why would they? Mahomes, when he signed his deal, the average annual was still the highest average annual in NFL history, even if some of it, like we've talked about, is funny money. Justin Herbert's not going to take 42-and-a-half if, if uh, right. Daniel Jones is asking for 45. I don't think he's yeah, going to get that, is get the
0: getting Yeah,
1: I think the, one, the, the pass interference, the, or the roughing the passer one's the one that actually scares me. The rest of these, I see how the movement affects the Chiefs. I see how the quarterback stuff. We already, I think no matter what the quarterbacks get paid, even if Mahomes gets paid more, it's great news. Even if Mahomes' contract, they have to completely rework the thing, and they make him the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL again. Cool. He'll be the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL all these other quarterbacks will be making an absolute mountain of cash as well. The top pin guys in the AFC, but your guys, Patrick Mahomes and their guy isn't. And even while he was one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL this year, they won the Super Bowl. So the entire notion of you can't win it in your MVP year, you can't win it because you cost too much. That's all put to bed because even the people who were trying to make the excuses last year, that the actual starting quarterback for the Rams yeah. was only making $25 million. The combined starting quarterbacks for the Rams, because of the cap that they still had for Jared Goff, or 45 anyway. So it should have ended last year. It's certainly dead now. So it's like two years in a row, 45-plus million dollars have been tied up at the quarterback position. They've won the Super Bowl. but Now your guy's better than theirs. So I don't. I guess I'm not nervous about it, even if they have to pay him.
0: Over at NBC Sports, Peter King put out his weekly column, as he always does, the Football Morning in America column. And one of the, top, the topics he was discussing was the Chiefs' schedule next year, which we've known the opponents for a long time. We just don't know the order and the time and all that. We know the Eagles are on the schedule, and there was some thought that the Chiefs, who now that they won the Super Bowl, are going to open up on that Thursday night. That's going to sure. happen no matter what. But would they just go with a rematch immediately? Because that'd be kind of cool.
1: I think it's really fun to be the lat, the most too recent NFL. But there,
0: according to Peter King, he, he he says it's very unlikely. He Why? doesn't believe that. He says uh, King King thinks that the Bills versus the Chiefs is too good of a matchup, so he thinks that's pushed later on the year. He also thinks the Eagles game is is one of those that they're going to push further down the year because everybody's watching Thursday night anyway opening night no matter the matchup doesn't mean they're going to give Chiefs and Lions but based off of uh, where the NFL has done this in the past the exact quote from Peter King is traditionally the NFL doesn't put the best game on the defending champs' schedule in the week one slot he says it would be surprising to see a Super Bowl rematch as the opener he also thinks it's more likely than not the league keeps strong contender Cincinnati and Buffalo off the opening night slate so they can be a gym primetime game later in the season so he's saying that the the all the networks are going to want the Chiefs, the Chiefs, the Chiefs. So that the network, let's say Sunday Night Football, they may they may get Chiefs and Cincy. Monday Night might get the Chiefs in the Buffalo game. CBS is late. Chiefs after are the, so good they got to
1: give every single yeah, like the partner a
0: taste. Like CBS might get Chiefs and the Eagles or whatever. You know. So he thinks they're going to divvy it up where that means the Chiefs might get a divisional like the, the Chiefs divisional game. It could be Chiefs and Chargers to open up the season on that opening night. Or as we were joking about earlier. Chiefs and Dolphins make Tyreek Hill come to Arrowhead and watch the Chiefs get the rings in front of him. That'd be fun, too.
1: Look, I mean, there's it's not hard to pick uh, good games for the
0: Chiefs. (laughs) Oh, their home schedule, man, is loaded. I mean, I mean, it's the Chiefs 2023 home schedule is 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 awesome. Right. And we'll talk a little bit more about the, the Chiefs home schedule, but excited to have a special guest joining us from Surprise, Arizona. Royals pitcher Daniel Lynch with us here on 610 Sports Radio. Daniel, what's going on, man?
3: Uh, nothing much. Just got out of the cold and <laughs> I'm gonna sit down and talk to you guys for a little bit. Yeah. The cold you're in Arizona. Is it a bad weather day out there? <laughs> Terrible. Really? It's what? freezing and windy.
0: Now what's free? Like are we talk? What are we talking?
3: Uh, I'd say probably f- in in the forties.
0: Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, we were just out in Phoenix for the for the Super Bowl, and uh, it was definitely a lot better weather than that. Did you have you and the guys? Uh, I guess when you all got together, how m- how much did you guys talk about uh, a little bit at the Super Bowl? I know some of your teammates went to the game
3: yeah, some guys went. Some guys, we all got together at, like, a restaurant and watched. Um, we were all obviously really excited. And, uh, yeah, definitely made it a point to get together and watch it.
1: You didn't consider uh, going with the other guys? It was like Bobby and MJ and some of the other young players.
3: I didn't get invited. Ooh. Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> Ooh, that's tough. Would you have paid the, the price of admission, I guess?
3: No, nah, no chance. <laughs> I
0: was going to say, those tickets were, were were pretty outrageous as we're talking to Royals pitcher Daniel Lynch from Surprise – Arizona real quick before we even get into some other baseball stuff, since we were talking about uh, some of the guys that made it out to the Super Bowl, I know MJ Melendez and and Bobby Witt were part of that group. The Royals put out a video yesterday asking you guys your favorite songs. Now, I don't, I don't know if you were in the video or not, but I do know MJ Melendez started singing party in the USA. So (laughs) uh, did you, if you, if I don't know if you saw the video, but how would you grade his singing? Who's the worst singer on the team?
3: it's gotta be him with that performance. (laughs) Uh, I don't. I haven't heard very many people on the team sing, to be perfectly honest with you. But he's 0 for one on the <laughs> on what from what I've seen.
1: How would you rate your own singing voice?
3: Ah, uh, it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a three out of ten. Okay. What's the song though? Now I'm curious.
0: What kind of music are you listening to? <clears throat>
3: uh I probably have to find something easy to sing.
1: Like, happy birthday? Or, like, how easy are we
0: talking here? No, like,
3: I could do, like, once-in-a-lifetime talking heads because they just talk pretty much the whole time.
1: Do you have that song memorized? I mean, uh. we're obviously going to ask you to sing it now. You're welcome to pass.
3: But. I don't. I, do, I don't have it memorized.
1: <laughs> okay, maybe next time we have you on, we'll we'll get some talking heads out of you. <laughs> Daniel, when you're down there in Surprise, your season last year obviously didn't go exactly the way you had planned. How, how hard was it? When you like maybe got that first taste of failure, or you're trying to like readjust in the middle of the season to find what works for you, what was it like in that moment for you as you were kind of trying to make your way in the big leagues?
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously, trying to develop in the big leagues is is a is a tough process. Um, we always just try to stay positive, and and I'm always going to try to figure out you know ways to get better and ways to work. But you know, it's, it's obviously hard in the middle of a season because there's, there's only so much work you can do. You have to you know focus on making sure you you feel good for your you know your start on every fifth day, but you want to do your work in between. Um, so you, you kind of just have to balance and then just kind of trust that it's going to be there when you get out there um, every fifth day.
1: I think J.J. described it as he felt like you, some of you guys got to the big leagues maybe a little sooner than you thought because, you know, the COVID year and everything kind of threw off and then there wasn't this normal minor league stuff. Like you mentioned developing the big leagues. is that Did it really feel that way? Like maybe you were like, I guess I'm just going to have to figure this out here because we didn't have enough time in the minors?
3: Yeah, I don't I mean it was just a weird uh, you know a weird transition just being f- you know with COVID in 2020 where you know we basically just faced the same hitters over and over and over again the whole summer and then uh going into 2021 I didn't even pitch in AAA so I was facing the same hitters again. So I mean just going from that to then facing a, a major league lineup it's just it's just so different. Um and then you know when you think about you know a good a good you know double A level or triple A level hitter they're just not even just just on sheer experience or just not even on the same level of the of you know some of these guys that have been in the big leagues 10 15 years so you just it was just a huge adjustment learning how to really get those guys out
0: we're talking to royals pitcher daniel lynch here he's out in surprise arizona spring training of course just underway and knowing that it is just underway have you already sensed the difference though with with the new coaching staff and obviously a new manager what's maybe stood out if there's been some noticeable changes already
3: yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's just it's just a fresh perspective and and a bunch of new people around, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a new, you know, feel and environment. But I think everybody's loose and laid back, which I I really like. I think that's that's more my personality. Um, and I think that guys are just being themselves, and we're all trying to have a good time and get better.
1: What was the main message from Brian Sweeney? I'm sure you guys all had these like one on one meetings. Here are the things we want you to work on. Whatever. What what was the conversation like with Brian Sweeney there, the new pitching coach?
3: Uh, I mean, he's been awesome. It's it's, it's really just, you know, trust yourself. You know, he's been super encouraging to me of just trusting my stuff and, and trying to be in the zone as much as possible and not feeling like I have to be perfect or be anybody else other than myself, but just, you know, trust that what i do is is plenty good enough
1: i know part of the raise methodology was hey throw to the middle of the strike zone and allow your movement to take it to the parts of the strike zone that are going to make it hard like aim for the middle almost right and take it to the corners is are you seeing some of that out of the out of the the pitching staff are they encouraging some of that i know that you guys have the shirts made about being in the zone and all that but is that the kind of methodology they're going with
3: I don't know if it's exactly that. I think a lot of teams are moving towards that um, sort of philosophy. Uh, I think the main message is get ahead of the hitter and however you need to do that, do it. They're not being, you know, there's, there's not any sort of like rules or, you know, like dogmas about the way that we have to do something. Um, It's just like, this is the goal. This is what we need to do. And then however you want to do it, um, however, you know, whatever process you want to use to get there, go ahead and do that.
0: Some of the rule changes as well. I I, I know it's very early in the process here. What's your thoughts on, in particular, the the pitch clock a little bit and how that might shift how you go about your normal routine? Is that something that you guys are kind of going to really have to practice Uh, because you you just haven't had to deal with that before?
3: Well, I mean, I I like to work quickly anyway, Um, so it shouldn't be too much of an issue, but I just think it it just really – Makes it so you really have to be on the same page with the catcher. Uh, because if you're shaking off a bunch of times, it's going to take a lot of time. But if the catcher's on the pitch com and putting down the pitches, or if he's using fingers or whatever, if he if he's putting down the pitches that you want, it shouldn't be an issue at all. Uh, but if you're shaking four or five times to try to get to the pitch that you want, then it's going to be, you know, it's going to take some time.
1: What about from a shift perspective? The only people we ever talk to about is hitters, right? We ask Vinny, <laughs> and we would be like, all right, you're a lefty, and now this is going to be open up. From a pitching perspective – like you would think that you dislike it hypothetically, right? Because it should allow more hits. How do you feel about the the lack of shift? I guess we'll have. Yeah.
3: yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I think a lot of pitchers were upset about it, but there's nothing we can really do about it at this point. Um, you know, I think it just sort of it just sort of magnifies the stuff that we're already trying to do. I mean, it's gonna like you're gonna want to strike guys out because then it doesn't give them a chance to you know put balls and like. It's just going to magnify the the approach that we were already taking, but um, you know, put even more of an emphasis on getting guys out of there quick and um, making sure that you're not, uh, you know, giving up a bunch of hits. Hopefully,
1: have you seen any extreme uh, outfield shifts? I've seen some of the diagrams. People are like, well, maybe they'll just try this instead to get feet, people in the outfield. Where I don't know, it's borderline a rover for a guy <laughs> in the infield and then two outfielders shifted a weird way. Have you guys practiced any of that yet?
3: No, I haven't seen that. That's interesting, though. Um, that I mean, yeah, that's. I'm sure people will try. it. People will try anything.
0: Friday, you're you're, you're getting the first start, the the cactus league opener uh, on Friday. How anxious are you to to kind of get get that first one under your belt here in, in spring training yet again?
3: Well, I'm, I'm I'm probably more excited than I've ever been um, coming into a season and coming into games. Just I feel like. Uh, I've had a ton of fun just uh you know getting better out here so far, and I feel like everything that I wanted to do in the off season uh I actually since I've gotten here have probably done better than I could have hoped um and that's just a huge you know a huge testament to what these coaches have been able to do so far and so I'm just really excited to get out there and put it to work against you know someone in a different uniform
0: so what's a successful season look like for you i mean what what do you have to do though to to go out and put together your your best season in the majors
3: uh You know, I I think I'm always going to want to put the team goals first. You know, I think making it to the postseason, playing meaningful baseball at the end of the year uh, are huge. But then personal goals, you know, I think I said this the other day. Like, I think at times I would sell myself short by thinking about, like, what did I need to do to just stay in the big leagues? Where now I'm trying to put my focus on to, okay, what do I need to do to to be an all-star? What do I need to do to win a Cy Young? Um because I think if I set my goals there, even if I, you know, even if I fall short of those, then you know that, that's still probably going to be a successful season. Um, rather than just trying to fight to, you know, keep your head above water, you you know, fight to be the best you can possibly be, and then you know, if that doesn't happen, then at least you know, at least I gave myself the best chance.
1: Speaking of Royals pitcher Daniel Lynch here on Cody and Gold, let's just work ahead now. We know by the end of the year, the Athletic will write a new article of stories from teammates about Zach Grinke. What has been your best interaction with Zach so far?
3: hmm uh probably i slept over at his house on monday night and took his kids to school with him on tuesday and he made me walk into the school with him and like <laughs> drop his two kids off
1: <laughs> just to like show you the classroom or what was the purpose i don't
3: know he's like uh, dude you don't want to sit in the car do you and i was like i guess not so then i just went to school with him
1: <laughs> <laughs> what grade? Are, like they're like elementary school kids yeah, right
3: young they're young
1: okay well, that's good enough. That feels like. Well, I mean, I, hey, look. If you didn't want to sit in the car, then you can just go in and you know see what grade school looks
3: like. Yeah, I felt kind of creepy to be honest. But.
1: <laughs> you got. By the way, you're a tall guy. Just under normal circumstances, I feel like in an elementary school, you, you it would it would stand out even worse.
3: Dan. Yeah, I, yeah, I was aware. <laughs>
0: Daniel, really appreciate the time, man. You weren't kidding about being cold. I can hear you like sniffling. The- yeah, you're not You're sorry. not kidding. No, no, you're good. I, I just didn't expect Surprise Arizona for it to be cold. Hopefully Friday for your first start there, a little bit warmer weather, man. So appreciate the time.
3: Yep, absolutely.
0: There you go. That is Royals pitcher Daniel Lynch joining us uh, live from Surprise Arizona. Spring training, of course, underway. Our guy, Josh Vernier, our Royals insider, has been out there since last week. And you'll hear some Royals baseball back on the radio this Friday afternoon as they open up Cactus League play. And that guy right there, Daniel Lynch, will be on the mound to kick things off. I thought it was interesting, Cody. We we asked him just about the difference already with uh, Matt Quatraro and just the feel, right? The feel of camp uh, and or, and being around everybody sounds a little looser, not as not as intense. And some guys, Daniel acknowledged, like that he thinks that fits him a little bit better. Everybody, this is the this is kind of one of the, the great. Uh, challenges, but also uh, could, could be a benefit uh, if you're a manager, right? Like trying to figure out how everybody uh, handles certain things, right? Everybody's got different personalities. Some people can handle being ultra intense, nonstop, 24 seven and some other guys, that's not going to be best for them. And in this case, it sounds like for Daniel Lynch, that a little bit more looser atmosphere is going to be better for him.
1: This tends to be how coaching manager changes work. Matheny was the like we heard it's like he's like doing 15 miles on the peloton before he did a jog before he showed up intense guy. Right. That was all the reporting during last season that he was looking for perfection at every conceivable moment. Right. All the time. And it's just like that. That part of it can wear on guys, especially if you're a team. that's already struggling, Alex. And I think that that might have been part of where that came from. But I like him saying that he already feels like he feels better than he did Mm -hmm. at any particular point uh, this year because of the pitching changes. This type of mentality is much more in line of what I know about the Roy- Royals young starters like Lynch and Bubich and all these guys who are super analytically driven. That's not how the pitching staff was looking at things. Not that they didn't have any analytics. That's that's being sure. disingenuous, but they are their their processes are going to be different and it feels like yeah. it's good for this. Team. I
0: love how Daniel Lynch said he's like, I felt kind of creepy actually going into the uh- <laughs> Dude, know, he's like a tall the, guy.
1: He just look; he would stand out school. in an elementary school. Yeah, and he has no kids, so you're just like, well, there's an adult man in this elementary school who's just hanging out with Zach.
0: So, thanks to Daniel for hopping on the show, brought we, a friend. Uh, we we might actually end up uh, talking to one of his teammates coming up in the one o'clock hour today. We might be uh, having one of them as soon as we have that confirmed. We'll let you know who that is. But up next, we get to the noon hour. We'll get to watch trending and back into the biggest move that is going to happen for the Chiefs here in the next week or two.